Mississippi-born, Delta-Raised is a podcast that focuses on the intersection of public health and social justice issues in the Mississippi Delta. Daphne Robinson, an attorney and public health professional, is your host. by saying welcome back to Mississippi-born, Delta-raised. We took a brief break to rest and rejuvenate in the month of July, but now we're back with the latest episode, Let the Children Work It Out. This episode was inspired by events in my own life growing up in Greenville, Mississippi. I'm 53 years old, and in 1972, I was a first grader at M. Boyd Elementary School. I spent three years there and then began fourth grade in 1975 at Melissa Manning Elementary School, right around the corner from where I lived. I have to say that the first through the sixth grade were some of the most diverse years of my public school education in Greenville. As I recall, at least a third of the students I went to school with during those years were white. And for a small town in the Mississippi Delta in the 1970s, that says a lot. In those days, we coexisted very well together, so much so that I often think of some of the white kids I went to school with and wonder how they are. A few of them I have reconnected with through the power of Facebook and Instagram, and a few of them I haven't seen since the sixth grade. Then in seventh grade, I walked right next door to Coleman Junior High School to begin school, and some of the faces I looked forward to seeing were gone. And I mean gone, never to return to public schools again. As a child, I didn't understand it, but I knew something happened. Something changed. I recently ran across a great article in Atlantic Magazine titled, The Anonymous Town That Was the Model of Desegregation in the Civil Rights Era. Here's how it fell apart. The article was written by Linnell Hancock, an associate professor of journalism at Columbia University, and it's dated October 4th, 2016. In the article, Ms. Hancock writes, They called it River City, singled out half a century ago as a beacon of hope for school integration in the South. Authors of the massive Coleman Report, a federal survey of U.S. education inequality, concluded that if desegregation were to work anywhere in the Deep South, it would be in this town, an oasis of tolerance and pragmatic gentility in the Mississippi Delta, the blackest, poorest, most Southern place on earth. Well, it turns out that that town was Greenville, Mississippi, because of its unusually diverse community of blacks, whites, Chinese, Creoles, and Jews, as well as immigrants from Lebanon and Syria. The Greenville Public School District was the first in the state to defy the governor of Mississippi and voluntarily offer real choice for white and black children to enroll in each other's schools. I love this portrait of Greenville as a conscious and liberal place that was too genteel and sophisticated to be bothered with rioting and threatening black kids who were just trying to get a good quality education. 
Although the experiment was deemed a success by the federal government and the city's public schools were deemed fully desegregated by 1977, the year I started seventh grade, the experiment also left some lasting scars on the community. It is estimated that nearly 2,000 white students left public schools to attend private academies, Christian schools, or the local Catholic school. Next, black folks in the community were angry that previously legendary all-black Coleman High School was converted to an integrated middle school. In this week's episode of Mississippi Born, Delta Raised, I spoke with Ann Martin, an award-winning writer and journalist who spent 30 years in broadcast news with WXVT and WABG television stations in Greenville. Ann is the author of Delta Hot Tamales, History, Stories, and Recipes. She has written for such magazines as Life in the Delta, Eat, Drink, Mississippi, The Sip, and Delta Magazine. In our conversation, we compare our experiences as students in the public and private school systems in Greenville. I think you'll enjoy the discussion. My mother is originally from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. My father is from Sunflower, Mississippi. And my mom's family moved here when she was a senior in high school. And she and my dad met, I believe, at Greenville High School here. And because uh, South Carolina only required you to go through the 11th grade, Mississippi required you to go through the 12th. So my mother had to go one more year of school. And so I lived in Mississippi all my life, except for nine short years when I lived in Kansas uh, in just outside Kansas City. But yeah, this is where I was born and raised. So I have, I'm, a, I'm a Delta girl through and through. Oh, well, that's good. And, and you, went to, you went to Greenville High School in what year? I went, my parents or, went to Greenville High School. I went to Greenville Christian School. I was one of those kids that uh, in 1972, when desegregation came along, uh, my parents made a decision to put... Mm-hmm myself and my younger sister in private school, as so many families did at that point, you know, had that knee-jerk reaction. And that's when there was such a major white flight from the public school. And I was so excited about going to Solomon Junior High School. I would have been uh, going into the seventh grade. I was already signed up for the band. I was so excited to be in the band. And uh, I'll never forget the day that my parents made that decision and my, that my parents and two other families uh, all at the same time made that decision. And at first my dad was going to leave me in the public school and just send my daughter, my sister, but he said, it's cheaper to send, you know, just as cheap to send two as it is one. And, you know, so my academic career, uh, the last six years were, were spent in a private school. Wow. Now, um, you, where did you go to elementary school? Maddie Aiken. Uh, okay. Yeah, Maddie Aiken. I went to kindergarten at First Methodist Church, uh, mm-hmm. my, my lifelong home church, and then went to public school, Maddie Aiken, from first through sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I went to um, Melissa Manning. I lived around the corner from Melissa Manning Elementary. Okay. M boy before that. Yep. And, and then went to Coleman Junior High and next door to Melissa Manning. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and then, and it's interesting that you tell the story about uh, going to middle school and going to private school at that time, because I've had this conversation with many friends of mine um, that were white, because, you know, my elementary years were, I remember them being so integrated. You know, they, there were so mm-hmm. many white students that were friends of mine, so many black students that were friends of mine, and 
and then one day they weren't there anymore. And um, I've, you know, Facebook has made us all friends, you know, all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so I've met, you know, many of them again, and they've said to me, you know, much of what you said that, you know, I was a child, you know, an adult made a decision for me yeah. that they, that they thought was in my best interest at the time, but I missed you. I wish that I could have stayed. And, you know, and I've said to them, I missed you too. <laughs> yeah, I th- you know, I, and that's so, that is so true because there are so many relationships I think that we have now as an adult that we could have had as, as students, as teenagers. And what could we have possibly done together had our parents not made that decision? I don't blame my parents for anything. You know, I, you know, I'm going in the sixth, seventh grade. I'm going to, yes, sir. No, sir. I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. And it was years later as an adult myself that I realized, wow, I think we made, I'm not going to say we made a mistake. I don't want to put that burden on my parents and so many other parents that I know, but did Greenville handle desegregation the best way? Not at all. Right. Not at all. Well, there's an interesting article that I read um, and I would probably use it as um, an introduction to this discussion that we're having. But um, the article was about why Greenville was chosen as the area to begin desegregation in the state of Mississippi because of, you know, it had a reputation as a a town that was diverse and Mm -hmm. more tolerant, certainly than you know, other towns across yes. the state. That is all oh, that is back when and Daphne, this goes back to E.E. E. Bass. When E.E. Mm-hmm. E. Bass came here as the first superintendent well, you know, he he's, was the first superintendent of the school system here. Um, when he came here as a young college student, he came here off the steamboat got off the boat and was thinking, I'm only going to be here for a few months to work at a plantation as the tutor, working Mm -hmm. for this white family. It was only supposed to be a short period of time. He saw the need for a good public education system. So it was because of him that public schools began to develop in Greenville. Now, they were still segregated, but he helped to put together a public school building for the whites and for the blacks. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, because of his leadership, Greenville had the first science lab, the first high school graduation, the first kindergarten, the first art class. Our public education system was, bar none, the best of the state. It was progressive. Right. Yeah. And so that reputation was with us for many, many, many years. And you look at the educators that came out of the system. Uh, And up until about the time of desegregation, and I can see why they picked Greenville. What Mm -hmm. happened? I don't know. Other than... It, it, we dropped the ball somewhere. I guess we. I guess the powers that be, they that always that elusive they thought right. that Greenville was going to handle it better than they did. And I, you know, and I also think when you have something that is being forced upon you, and mm-hmm. if it could have just happened, um, I've been watching. You know, Cleveland, Mississippi has been going through this very same thing for years and years. They've managed to get by with two separate high schools and right. the courts courts finally ruled nope you got to have one high school 
into the and, 21st century. That's what's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I know. How did it? How did they manage it that long? And there were some people, uh, some white families, who just automatically said, "Oh, I'm leaving." But mm-hmm. those of us who kind of been through it said, "If you'll let the kids take care of, let the kids work this out." about Anne and a link to the purchase of her book, please check out our website at MississippiBornDeltaRays.com or email me at Daphne.RobinsonJD at gmail.com and I will add you to our email list. I know there are thousands of podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, but you're here with me. And for that, I say thank you. My name is Daphne Robinson, and I am Mississippi-born, Delta-raised. podcast is sponsored by the Center for Public Health and Justice. The Center for Public Health and Justice is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Its mission is to improve the public health and safety of communities in the Mississippi Delta. To learn more about our services, visit the Center for Public Health and Justice.org. This podcast has been a Dusa Vision production.